I was thinking about this weekend, uh, have been for several weeks looking forward to this weekend, our Memorial Day weekend, and uh, I, I, I want to talk about uh, the battle and fighting a little bit. Um, you know, when, uh, when my kids were real young, in elementary school, in fact, uh, one, one day I, I was picking them up from school and the boys jumped in the car and they had a friend, one of them had a friend that was going home with him that day and, and uh, they were going to play some games at the house or something. I don't remember what it was all about. But uh, as soon as that friend jumped in my car, he said, Mr. Bowen, your son got in a fight today. And uh, I said, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't like for my boys to start fights. I, we'll have to deal with this when I get home. And he said, oh, no, Mr. Bowen, he didn't start it. said, he finished it. <laughs> and, so, and so I got to thinking about it a little bit. You know, what, what, what you're trying to teach your kids, and sometimes, especially when they're little, it's, it's a, a challenge to get some of the messages across that you're trying to get to them. And I, I, I tried to teach my boys that I didn't want them fighting. I didn't want them starting fights, and I didn't want them... I wanted them to try to live at peace. You know, the scripture tells us to make every effort to live at peace. And I, I wanted to try to train them in that. And at the same time, I didn't want them to, to, um, to be bullied. I didn't want anybody pushing them around, walking over on top of them. So I tried to teach them that, that there is a time when you have to stand up for yourself. And, uh, and, and one the boy that day that had been in this fight. He said, Dad, you don't have anything to worry about. Said, you've been teaching us about the golden rule. Said, if that boy hadn't wanted me to hit him, he wouldn't have pushed me. Um, doing to others as you would have them doing to you. You know, the, the golden rule. He didn't quite grasp the concept as it was intended. He kind of got that confused a little bit. But, and, and sometimes we do. However, I want to tell you folks, there is a time to fight. And I think you can find that in Scripture. Our founding fathers certainly dealt with that issue in their own lives. How far do you go? When do you stop? When do you say that's enough? When do you say this is worth fighting for? And as the case in this Memorial Week Day weekend, where do you reach that point where it's, it's so important that you even give your life for what you believe? Great men of the past, like Patrick Henry, who said, Is life so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased with the chains of slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Patrick Henry felt like that our freedom was worth fighting for. Patrick Henry felt like that our freedom was worth dying for, if that's what it took. And in fact, we're a free nation today because those who have gone before us felt like that there was something worth fighting for, and they stood their grounds. And so I, I want to talk to you this morning. My title of my message is simply this, It's Time to Fight. It is time to fight. Now, whether you realize it or not, we're in a battle. In fact, we're, we're more than a battle. We're in a war. So my text is found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Here's what Paul said to his young son in the faith, Timothy. He said, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You know, in life there are 
we're made aware of many different kinds of fights. There's sibling fighting, of course. Uh, if you have brothers and sisters, you may remember what it was like as a kid to maybe have some skirmishes in the family. That there's, uh, there's domestic fighting, which is so unfortunate, but sometimes husbands and wives fight. There's prize fighting, there's political fighting, there's civil wars, there's race wars, there's wars among nations. Some fighting uh, just is adolescent misbehavior. But then there's other fighting that has serious consequences. Some battles destroy homes and families. Some battles destroy nations. The Bible talks about fighting, but it talks about it in a spiritual sense. And these spiritual battles have eternal consequences. And I read to you this morning as my text what the Apostle Paul said to his son Timothy about fighting the fight of faith. Now, I'm going to give you three points in my sermon today. It won't be real long. But uh, the first point is simply this. Identify your enemy. Now, as I said just a moment ago, we are in a battle. In fact, we are in a war I'm talking about a spiritual war. Don't you ever think for a minute that the enemy isn't out to destroy you personally. And he's also out to destroy your family and your home because he knows that the home is the, the, the fabric of our nation. And if he can destroy our homes, then he can destroy our communities and eventually destroy our nation. I remember as a child watching Nikita Khrushchev on the news pound his shoe on the desk at the United Nations and say, we will bury you. Look right in the camera talking to Americans saying, we will bury you. I'll bury your children. And praise God, I'm sitting up here this morning in my 70s. He didn't bury me. Somebody buried him. And he hadn't buried my children either. Praise God. We're still free. <laughs> And the key to Khrushchev and all of the rest of those uh, ungodly leaders that have gone before him, they're dead and gone. We're still alive this morning. And our leader, the champion of our faith, the captain of the Lord's host, Jesus Christ, is still alive and well. And he's going to see us all the way through to the end of the war, and we're going to win. Praise God. Amen. But the first thing we need to do is identify our, our enemy. Who are you fighting with? It's not flesh and blood. In fact, let me read to you from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Look at this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. If you're fighting flesh and blood, you're fighting the wrong battle. That's not the battle that we should be engaged in. We, we need to stop that. If you, I don't care who you're fighting with. Just stop it. That's not the battle that we're called to engage in. We're called to engage in a spiritual battle. Now, the enemy will make you think that it's flesh and blood. <laughs> Last fall, one day, I, I, heard, I heard this um, this blower, and it just kept on and on. And I, I thought, uh, somebody's must be blowing off my sidewalk or my yard or something. I looked out to see what was going on. My next door neighbor had just finished mowing his yard, 
and trimming his hedges, and he was blowing all of the residue over in my yard. I mean, I mean he, was, he was blowing his dead grass. He was blowing his dead leaves. He was blowing everything right up in my yard, just covering my yard with, with all of his debris. Well, I, I'm telling you right now, I headed for the front door. I, I, I would go out there and let him know that where the property line was. And, that, and uh, thank the Lord, by the time I got to the door, the Holy Spirit checked me, and I, I stopped and, and realized my neighbor's not my enemy. The enemy may be trying to use him to provoke me to do something that will hurt my testimony. Can you imagine if I had given in to the flesh? If I'd have gone charging out my front yard on a Saturday afternoon with all the neighbors around outside doing things, and they had heard the pastor of New Hope out there just chewing that guy out and giving him what for. for it. Now, he deserved it. <laughs> but, but I remembered that the Lord Jesus said, that's not the way we deal with our enemies. And he, evidently he was trying to be an enemy. I don't think that would be a, somebody trying to be a friend to you. Uh, so so he, 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 the way we deal with our we're supposed to love our enemies. We're supposed to pray for our enemies. We're supposed to be, do good to those that despitefully use us and say all manner of evil against us falsely for his name's sake. We're supposed to bless them and not curse them. Amen. So it's not flesh. I had to get a hold of my flesh. Your flesh will get you in trouble. Keep control of your flesh. Don't let your flesh rule you. You rule your flesh. And so I backed off. I didn't say a word. I just let him and do whatever he's going to do and, and, and didn't bother him at all. Sometime later, we got a letter from our neighborhood association. And um, by the way, I believe most of those are demonic. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. I know that they do some good and their, 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 their purpose is to try to keep the neighborhood up. But, uh, but sometimes they can take it to the extremes. And anyway, all of us got a letter saying it's time to pressure wash our driveways and pressure wash our sidewalks and and so I pressure walk, watch mine, and, and, and since, since the sidewalk in front of my house goes right on down to his driveway, I decided I'd just, I'd just kind of pressure wash a little bit of his too. Do good for evil, not evil for good. You remember that in the scripture? Amen. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against spiritual wickedness. We're fighting against a demonic force, and that's the battle that we should be engaged in. I want to tell you something this morning, friend. Your enemy is not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not your brother. It's not your sister. It's not your in-laws. It's not your boss. It's not even your neighbor. That, that, that's not your enemy. Your enemy. I'll tell you who your enemy is. Turn with me to 1 Peter 5 and 8. Here's what the apostle Peter said. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, who is it? The devil walks about look uh, uh, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, I want to tell you something. If, if he uses flesh and blood to provoke you enough to open that door, he'll come right in and devour you because that's what he wants to do. John 10, 10 says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what he's after. 
But praise God, we know what to do. And I'm going to share that with you today because the Bible certainly indicates that there's a time to fight. And the Bible even tells us how to fight. And the Bible even equips us, if we'll get in the Word, to fight these battles. So my second point, first of all, identify your enemy. The second point I want you to get today is to prepare for battle. If you're going to fight, you need to prepare. Get ready. Amen? Get ready. Here's how we get ready. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, and then I'll drop down to verses 13 to 17. Finally, my brethren, this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, and it's good for all of us. Finally, last thing, here it is, brethren. Here's the bottom lines, what Paul's saying. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong. In the, this is something we have to do. Now, it's, it's good to pray for your enemies. That's scriptural too. And we should do that. But, but you've got to do more than just pray. Faith without works is dead. There's something you do. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Therefore, because we have an enemy, because we're fighting a spiritual battle, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Let me stop right there. He gives us a whole uh, list of the armament that we're to put on. We gird ourselves with truth. As people of God, we should love truth. We should embrace truth. It bothers me. It bothers me, folks, when I see professing Christian people get loose with the truth. I hear people talking about, it's okay, a little white lie every now and then. Let me tell you, the color of the lie doesn't change it. It's still a lie. Amen? You can call it whatever you want it to, to call it, but it's dangerous because if it's not truth, it's false. And, and if it's false, it's a lie. And we need to embrace truth. We need to love truth because when we embrace truth, it's the same as putting on a part of the armor that goes around our waist. It guards and protects the lower part of our body from the, uh, uh, the enemy's attempt to destroy us. If, if the enemy, this, this protects our, our reproductive organs. If, if the enemy can get you to, uh, to embrace falsehood and lies, he will open you up to where he can destroy the effectiveness of your testimony. So you can't reproduce the, the, the goodness of God. It, it won't do any good because there'll be no confidence in what you say. But if, you, if you're true, it protects that. Praise God. Then when you sow your seed, you'll have a harvest. Amen? It's, it's truth. It protects. So protect that part of your, of your spiritual man with the armament of God. He goes on to say to put on the breastplates of righteousness. The breastplate protects the upper part of, of your anatomy. And that's where your heart is, your lungs and vital organs there. If they get, if they get pierced, it'll kill, your, it'll kill you. And so for your spiritual man to have life, you need the armament 
of the Lord to protect that. Then he says that uh, we're to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In other words, the good news, be ready, keep, keep your shoes on, get ready to run, praise God, to the battle. That's what David did when old Goliath came out against the people of Israel. Old David went running. He didn't have anything but a slingshot and a little bag of stones, but he went running at the enemy. And he looked up at that great old big giant. He said, let me tell you something, big fella. You come out against me with a sword and a spear. I come against you in the name of the Lord. And before the sun goes down today, I'm going to cut your head off and deliver your body to the, to the fowls of the air. Glory to God. He was ready to run to the battle. We, listen, it's time for the church to wake up and get involved in this spiritual battle that we're in today, this spiritual war. It, it, it's time to fight. It's time to fight. There's, there's no time for the church to sit on the sidelines. We, we've, we've played that long, long enough. Things are too serious now for the church to be idle. It's time for us. The, the lines have been drawn in the sand. We're going to have to make up our mind. There's some things we're going to have to take a stand for. And there's some things we're going to have to take a stand against. If, if we're going to be who God called us to be. And, and, and look at this. He said, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench how many of the darts? Say that again. All. all. You know what all means? Yes. In the Hebrew, in the Greek, in the Latin, in the Spanish, in the Portuguese, in the English, in whatever, in, in old pig Latin. It's, it's all is all, praise God. Amen. It's all. He said, look at this. My, I, I love this because one of, one of the, the strategies of the enemy, one of the things he uses against us is those fiery darts of the devil. Boy, they'll burn you. And... Uh, and when you get burned by a fiery dart of the devil, mm -mm, sometimes it'll cause you to do things you shouldn't do if you don't really get a hold of yourself. Well, you say, well, preacher, what are those fiery darts of the devil? James says that the tongue is a fire. And those fiery darts are those words that people fire out at you when they lie about you when they criticize you, when they put you down, when they gossip about you. Those are fiery darts of the devil. And if you allow those things to hit you, you'll be, you'll be trying to defend yourself. And let me tell you, you'll never win that war because it puts you back in a fleshly battle. And remember, flesh and blood's not who we're fighting against. You're just wasting your time. Many years ago, when, the, when you, you, flight uh, uh, attendants would bring you a nice meal on the airplane. Anybody remember those days? Now you're lucky to get a little half a bag of pretzels, you know. But back then, they'd feed you a good meal. I mean a good meal. I was flying somewhere for, for revival, and, and man, they just brought me a nice meal. I think it was a Salisbury steak and a baked potato and a salad. And boy, I was getting ready to, I'm getting hungry right now. Uh, I, was get, I, I, was getting ready to, I was getting ready to chow down. I, I don't know how that fly got on that airplane, but there was a fly. And he come flying over there trying to light on my meal. Well, I, I shooed him away, boy. 
and uh, he buzzed around. And I got to fight, and I got focused on that fly, and I was chasing that fly all over the place. All, I turned clean around fighting that fly. People in the back seat behind me was wondering what in the world was going on. When I turned back around, there was three of his neighbors <laughs> that was sitting on my plate. You're wasting your time chasing after gossip and chasing after rumors and chasing after, uh, <laughs> just, just get your shield of faith up. Because with the shield of faith, you can quench how many of those? All of them. Glory to God. <laughs> Somebody in that Bible said, I will not fear what men shall say to me. You get your shield of faith up, you don't have to fear what anybody says. I'm not going to burn you, not going to hurt you, not going to sting you. Just a, we, we, we had a precious saint uh, that's gone on to glory now. Her name was Dorch, Sister Dorch. Uh, I remember years ago, she, I'd get so tickled at her. Somebody would say something, and, and somebody would try to talk a little gossip or something. something. And, and Sister Dorch would always say, oh, bless her heart. They really didn't mean that. Bless her heart. They didn't mean that. That was her response always. Bless her heart. They really didn't mean that. You ought to take the same approach right there. With all, just bless their heart. They didn't mean it. Um, don't call them. Don't, 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 you know, don't say that's the devil working at them. Just, you know, just don't say that. Just, just, it's a spiritual battle. It's a spirit. You know what it is. You don't have to say it. Put, put, a, put a bridle on your tongue. Just hold it back. Keep your shield of faith up. Amen. Just say, you're not going to hurt me. Say whatever you want to say. But don't waste your time trying to answer that stuff. It'll drive you crazy. If you try to correct everything, good time of living. If, if, I, if, I were to try to, if I were to try to straighten out everything that's ever been said about me in my whole lifetime, I wouldn't do anything else. In fact, I'd probably have to hire a staff of people to go around trying to change and straighten out and get to chase this down. Just forget it. Just to cast all your cares on the Lord. Hold up your shield of faith. Amen. He tells us how to prepare for this battle. And then he says, take the sword of the Spirit. That's the only offensive weapon he gives us. All the rest of them are defensive. That whole armor of God, every bit of it is defensive. It's to protect you. God don't want you to get hurt in this battle. He wants you to be protected. That's why he gives you a helmet of salvation. That's the last thing that's in that list there, the helmet of salvation before you take the sword of the Spirit. He wants your mind protected. That's, part of the, that's probably the major part of the battleground anyway, is your mind. And just know that you're saved. Praise God. People can do, devil can do whatever he wants to do. I'm saved. Amen. I'm saved. Praise God. Got on the helmet of salvation. I'm not going to doubt that. Jesus died for me. I accept the fact that he died for me. I received his salvation. Glory to God. My name's written on the Lamb's book of life. My sins are in the sea of God's forgetfulness, washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Do whatever you want to do. The helmet's got me protected. I'm not going to let my mind get down in that gutter. I'm not going to let the mind get all warped and worried. Ain't worried. I said worried. Not going to let my mind get worried. Some of you need to get your helmet of salvation strapped on because you worry about everything. You shouldn't worry about anything. The Bible said, be anxious for nothing. <laughs> but in all things, just give him praise. Glory to God. Just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
And then take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that's the way you answer everything. You just, you fight with the Word of God. Don't, don't fight with your own, fight with the Word of God. The Word of God. Right here is the answer for whatever, whatever. So get prepared for the battle. And my third and final point is simply this. Fight the good fight of faith. I read that to you in my text. Let me read from 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the—notice this. Please, please listen to this. Fight the good fight of faith. You know why it's a good fight? Do you know the difference between a good fight and a bad fight? Anybody know? A good fight's a fight you win. Any other kind of fight's a bad fight. <laughs> you know, if you lose, that's not a good fight. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. He calls it the good fight because we win. We're winners in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the captain of the Lord's host. He goes before us. He guards us from the rear. He cir circles his angels around us to protect us. If we'll, if we'll just do it his way, that's all you got to do. Just get in this word, arm yourself according to the scripture, fight with the word of God, and you're sure that this is a good fight of faith. Glory to God. Look at what the apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 8 and the first part of 9. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Read that a while ago. Remember that? But look at the next verse. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist him. Resist him. Why should we resist him? James 4 and 7, look at this. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Ooh, glory to God. It's time to fight. It's time to put the enemy to running. It's time to stop running. Some of you have been intimidated by the enemy. You let the devil push you around. You let the devil talk bad about you and your family and everybody else. You let the devil intimidate you and make you feel like a loser, make you feel like you're not up to par and you, you're lacking in this and lacking in that. You come up short here and you come up short there and it ain't, he's just a liar and the father of it. Now, there's not a word of truth in it. It's time for you to resist. And when you resist, the Bible said he'll flee from you. Glory to God. You can put him running. You can put him running. <laughs> Glory to God. It's time to fight. Way back in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, in fact, when God was confirming some covenant promises that he had made with David, in fact, sealing the covenant, God spoke to Abraham and told him, said, I, I, want, you to, I want you to make an offering to me. I want you to uh, prepare a sacrifice. And he told him how to do it, and he did it. Made, a, made an offering and divided the sacrifice, one on either side, because God is about to walk through the midst of that sacrifice. That's one of the ways that God seals his covenant. He was going to come down and walk between the sacrifices to Abraham. Going to confirm that promise and all those blessings and everything. And Abraham laid out the, he, he, all the animals that God told him to sacrifice and the birds and so forth. He cut them in half, divided them, put them on the altar on either side and was waiting for the Lord. But God wasn't there yet. And as it got towards evening, the vultures 
came for the sacrifice. Here came the kites and the buzzards. And the, and the Bible says that Abraham defended that sacrifice. He fought off the buzzards and the kites and all the fowls of prey that were coming from the sacrifice. I, I can see him now waiting on God to get there. Get away from here, you buzzard. Get off of here, you old kite. You're not having a bite of this sacrifice. This is a, this is a, this is a present to God. God's going to be, get away from here, you buzzard. I want to tell you something this morning. It's time, some, it's time some New Hope Church of God folks stand up and say to the devil, get away from the sacrifice. You're not going to have what belongs to God. Get away from my family. You're not going to have my children. You get away from there. I'm, oh, glory to God. I'm standing. You're not going to have the sacrifice. This, belong, this is an offering to the Lord. My home belongs to God. My family belongs to God. My job belongs to God. My health belongs to God. My finances belongs to God. You get away from this sacrifice. In the name of Jesus. Get the buzzards off your kids. I'm here to tell you right now, public school system's not going to destroy our kids. Not in the name of Jesus. We're going to plant the Word of God in their hearts. Amen. We didn't bring them into this world to, to be prey to Satan. It's time to fight. It's time to fight. you got something worth fighting for. Amen. It's time to arise to the battle. And the wonderful thing about the Word of God is that it tells us that it's the good fight of faith. That means if you read all the way to the end of the book, you find out that we win. Glory to God, we win. If you resist that devil, he'll flee from you. He's more afraid of you than you are with him. That, uh, of him. If you put on the whole armor of God, you get that helmet on secure and you get all that armament on, you know what you look like? A soldier of the cross. In fact, you look just like the captain of the Lord's host. When the enemy sees you, he don't know whether he's looking at you or looking at Jesus. And, and in fact, he's looking at both anyway, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Glory to God. Amen. Jesus is on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Somebody give him some praise today. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Amen. 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 Stand with us, if you will, please. And we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask the prayer leaders to begin to move in towards the altar in case somebody wants special prayer today. Uh, we want you to feel free to come. We have some people who'd be glad to believe with you in faith and pray for your healing if you're sick. Pray for your finances. Pray for whatever you need. They'll, they'll be glad to do that. But I want to speak to all of you today that that are willing to engage in the battle. I told you earlier, this is no time for the church to sit on the sidelines. It's time for us to get engaged in this battle. It's time for us to stand up and tell the devil, you're not going to have, by the way, by the way, as goes the church, so goes the nation. And we've got people who have sacrificed for this nation. And the church needs to take its place in prayer and in spiritual warfare for the heart of this nation. Amen? We're, we're, we're not just in a battle, folks. We're in a war. And let me say this. This is a war that we cannot afford to lose. We can't afford to lose this war. Somebody asked Albert Einstein, you know, the great genius whose, whose scientific discoveries actually paved the way for 
the whole nuclear age that we're in today. Somebody asked Albert Einstein, said, Mr. Einstein, what will be the significant new nuclear weapons that will be used in World War III, if there's a World War III? And Albert Einstein said, sir, I don't know the answer to that, but I can tell you what weapons will be used in World War IV. And he said, what will that be? And he said, sticks and stones. Because if we lose World War III, there won't be anything left. You understand what I'm saying? Right now, and I'm not trying to scare you. I'm glad that we don't live in fear. When I was a boy, every Saturday they used to blow those sirens all over town and air raid alerts and and uh, you'd check to see if your bomb shelter was in place, if you had one, or if the family knew what to do in case there was a bombing of America because we were scared to death of what Nikita Khrushchev was going to do to this nation. We don't live in that kind of fear today, but I want to tell you the reality of mass destruction is greater today than it was then. I, I was reading just the other day that right now, there's enough nuclear weapons stockpiled, ready to release, that in 15 minutes, 40% of the population of America could be destroyed. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. If some madman were to release the nuclear weapons that are aimed at America right now, 40% of our nation would be dead. And of course, what would happen is that we would retaliate and then 70% of the rest of the world would be gone. I mean, we're, we're it, it, it's called mutual mass destruction. And we're at a standoff. And the standoff is to wait and see who's the first madman to push that button. And we hope and pray that it never happens. But when you read about what's going to happen in the Great Tribulation in the book of Revelations, it sounds like somebody got loose. But we're going to be out of here. Amen. We're going to be out of here. God has not appointed us to wrath. I'm talking about his church. If the church will be the church. If we'll be looking for the Lord, if we'll be at our post of duty doing what we're supposed to do, if we'll be fighting the battle for our Lord Jesus, if we'll be proclaiming his name, if we will be lifting up that name, if we will not be timid and ashamed and, and pushed around and intimidated by the devil, but if we'll stand up and be the church and say, praise God, as long as we're here, you're not going to have this nation. We'll be free. As long as we're here. Amen. I want to ask you how many this morning are willing to join the fight? You'll say, preacher, I'm, I'm going to get in the battle. If you're willing today, I want you to just come this way. We're going to pray right here at the altar. If you want special prayer, find some place. One, one of these prayer team members will be glad to pray with you and for you. Or if you want to pray right by yourself somewhere, it's fine. But if you're, if you're standing here today, you say, preacher, I'm, I'm willing this morning. Some of you, some of you need to step forward this morning and say, I've had enough of the devil pushing my family around. 
I'm, I'm going to come this morning and just make a declaration. I'm going to declare war on the devil. Instead of the devil declaring war on you and your family, why don't you declare war on him? Why, why don't you just declare this morning, that this is it. Anyway, you've come as far as you're going to come. It stops today. Praise God. On this Memorial Day weekend, I am declaring the name of Jesus. I'm going to fight for my home. I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my children. I'm going to fight for my posterity. Some of you need to fight for your health. Amen. We're battling it at my house, but we're going to win in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to win because Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's begin praying all over the building. Just join us in prayer right now. Father, we thank you. And Lord, you see every man, woman, boy, and girl that's standing here this morning with a determination to, to fight. We've come to the realization that this is no time to sit on the sidelines. This is no time to back down. This is no time to allow the enemy to walk over us and steal our heritage and our posterity. Lord, we're just declaring today that in the name of Jesus, we, we enlist. We join your army. Glory to God. There may be a lot of people that are not willing, but Lord, we want to be like Gideon's 300. We want to be part of that mighty army. Glory to God. Glory to God. So today we commit ourselves to face the battle. We know who our enemy is. And today by faith, we put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplates of righteousness. We gird our loins with truth. We put on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. We take the shield of faith and we take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We come against the attack of the enemy. And Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name that we are victorious through you. Hallelujah. We declare with your word and the apostle Paul that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Thank you, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you believe that today, give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord.